0: Usually when I talk about an artist on this podcast I use the words uh, probably, arguably, in their time But for this particular artist I will simply say Lata Mangeshkar is and was the greatest playback singer that India has ever witnessed To live through the age of Lata, to listen to her songs on the radio To 2-3 generations who have seen and heard her songs from the 1940s to 2000s I mean it's been the time of our lives to live in the age of Lata Mangeshkar For the uninitiated let me talk about what a playback singer is So a playback singer is someone who pre-records the songs for a movie and the actor uh, lip-syncs the songs or on the screen for the movie or, or the song is played in the background of some important scene in the movie so nowadays in indian cinema also there is a kind of sophistication and a sea change happenings but uh, across the uh, regional uh, regional movies across india they still lip-sync songs and uh, playback singer is very playback singing is very much uh, uh, a technology aided art right now but still an art so why do i consider Lata Mangeshkar to be the greatest of them all which is a tall and a claim to make, but it's not a difficult claim to make. The voice was God gifted, but uh, the way she honed it, the technicalities of it, and how exactly she fit in the right emotion to the right phrase at the right time, and she kind of could hold her breath longer, and that kind of served her well in navigating difficult, you know, turns of a song. I mean, for trivia, she has sung over 25,000 songs in 36 different Indian languages, but that's only trivia. The point that makes Latamagishkar great is the infallible, the stunning singing. Song after song after song. I am yet to hear a song, especially until the last century, until 1999, 2000. Uh, that where Lata Mangeshkar has sounded out of tune even for a millisecond In fact, uh, on the day that she passed away and finally faded away to the long sunset of her, li- of her life on February 6th, 2022 at the age of 92 I was whatsapping with my uh, music composer friend who lives in Latvia and uh, he was like I was asking him like uh, you know, Lata Mangeshkar was there a singer that who came close to Lata to rival her, and he was like, Nobody came close. In fact, on the same day and the next day, when we were literally in national mourning, in a way, and, uh, and uh, Vivid Bharti, the Vivid Bharati, the 101 FM, which is the national broadcaster radio uh, channel, they were playing Lata Mangeshkar songs all day without a break. and uh, I played some of her songs uh, from this album called Shraddhanjali, where she had a uh, given tribute to Kishore Kumar, Hemant Kumar, Mukesh, uh, Talat mahmood Muhammad Rafi and her idol KL Saigal and uh, by co- doing cover versions of the songs of uh, their songs and after an hour of listening to that uh, when I played one of the later songs, present day songs I noticed that this that this particular singer was out of tune for about 10 seconds for about 4-5 seconds, but I noticed that because for one hour I had heard Lata Mangeshkar singing in perfect tune that when I heard this new age singer, the present singer from this latest uh, blockbuster song which has really gone popular he was singing out of tune for 5 seconds and uh, then I noticed Lata Mangeshkar is a gold standard in perfection in singing especially playback singing her greatest rival was probably her sister Asha Bosley and uh, even Asha Bosley conceded in an interview that uh, Gandhi was good but uh, Nehru wasn't bad either. So way back in uh, 2020, not too way back but since the pandemic struck everything seems to be from another era but uh, when the first wave came uh, we were stuck at home and I started podcasting then and I did a. Uh, Lata Mangeshkar birthday special on twenty eighth September twenty twenty. That particular podcast uh, episode has garnered a lot of views since uh, Lata ji passed away on February sixth. So I thought I'll do a more elaborate, more, uh, more, more, you know, more of a tribute episode for Lata Mangeshkar, kind of culminate all her long life and singing career. Now that she has passed on, what makes her the greatest? Uh, we already spoke about that and uh, the singing but another thing was when she was singing for most of the years you had to sing with the orchestra you had to rehearse first and do a take of the entire song and usually the producer of the film had the budget for only one or two takes or sometimes three takes not more than that so you couldn't afford to make a mistake i think in such tightrope kind of standards of Making music, I think the best sing, best singing, and the best talent kind of got, they got better. And uh, with the coming of technology, I think the great singers kind of faded away. Because as Lata Ji herself mentioned in an interview, now the singers sing a single line in five seconds, and then they do another uh, line in five seconds, and then the music data copy paste the whole thing. So the whole thing is that. Uh, musicians and music makers have kind of fallen slave to technology and have allowed technology to take take over the whole music making process and not the other way around with an exception probably Rahman has nicely balanced by using technology to its advantage and not allowing it to overwhelm and affect the quality of the song so Lata Mangeshkar sang in that age so when you listen to that early songs and even later i believe she has all done them in one take after rehearsals and to achieve that kind of mastery it's like it's stunning to hear her every time that i hear her and this particular album that i was talking about Shraddhanjali, where she had done cover versions of the singers uh, of this all these male singers songs she has mentioned at the start that she's not trying to trying to sing the songs better, but it's more of a tribute. And uh, this was an album that Sonurigam had kind of uh, recommended last year Uh, and, uh, and, and, and. And he was also mentioning a very, uh, very, uh, I think, uh, thing that uh, very great insight that many singers don't give that uh, he's lucky to be conversing with Lata Mangeshkar at that time. And, uh, you know, because Lata Mangeshkar was a huge fan of KL Segal. Uh, the first, I think, uh, one of the big singing stars of the 1930s and 40s And uh, KL Segal passed away in 1947 before India gained independence In fact, in the January of 1947 he passed away And Lata Mangeshkar could never meet KL Segal Despite being largely influenced by singing Like Mukesh, Rafi, and and Talat Mahmood, and many other singers of that time Who were influenced by KL Segal's singing So there's much more to the Lata Mangeshkar story And uh, today here on the great indian soundtrack by Snehit Kumla will be celebrating the legacy, the songs, the stories mastery, the dominance stereotyping and probably a time when Lata ji could have left singing to other singers and uh, and many other you know topics that I could talk on because this has been a long glittering career of songs so Here you are and here I am and uh, we are doing this episode called Lata Mangeshkar 7 songs, 7 decades, a musical celebration. Catch you on the other side of the bridge. So as the story goes once upon a time on September 28th 1929 Lata Mangeshkar was born in Indore to a Maharashtrian father Dina Mangeshkar and uh, her mother Shavanti who was a Gujarati and uh, and her siblings also turned out to be great uh, musicians and singers like uh, her uh, second the second sister Meena uh, Khadikar became a playback singer and Asha Bosley, of course, became her greatest rival. Usha Mangeshkar also became a singer who has sung in multiple languages. And uh, the youngest uh, sibling, Hridayanaat Mangeshkar, he uh, became a great musician. And uh, there's a very good uh, Ganesh festival uh, Marathi album that uh, they did with both Asha Asha, and uh, lata and i think also usha and meena also sang for that album i have to check but that it was a really great album so as lata ji has herself mentioned uh, her father used to uh, teach music to children at his place and uh, at the age of 5 lata um, was kind of listening to the rehearsals happening and uh, her father walk- had walked out to take some break and the uh, student was singing and Lata kind of entered the room. She was only five and uh, told the student that uh, you're not singing the right way. This is how you have to sing. And she corrected the student and uh, her father heard that and he was amazed. And he was like, I have been looking and trying to teach uh, music to children everywhere. And my daughter herself at my home itself, I, there's a daughter who I can teach. So initiation into singing began itself at the age of five. First conscious thing that Lata ji remembers, it was that she loved singing. She used to play parts and uh, sing songs for her father's theatre company. And a uh, couple of turning points and tragic events happened in Lata ji's life. Like in 1942, her father passed away, and uh, Lata was only 13 then. And uh, suddenly, all the because she was the only one who had been you know kind of part of the singing and the theater group she, the whole uh kind of weight of earning uh kind of fell on her at that age of 13 so you can say that she didn't uh you know see a very carefree childhood after that because uh then she moved to bombay and there was a close friend of the mangeshkar family called master vinayak and uh, she started taking uh lessons in classical music hindustani classical and uh Uh, Much to her dislike she kind of uh, also played parts in uh, movies and she hated acting because she was She just hated it and she used to be scolded and they used to wear makeup and uh, They had to cut her hair in one kind of movie uh, Because the hair was kind of not suiting the role and stuff so for a child At such a tender age. It was like heartbreaking for her to get her hair cut and all that and another thing happened uh, in 1948, uh, Master Vinayak himself passed away and Lata was only, she was barely 19 at that time. And a uh, certain music writer called Ghulam Haider kind of, uh, you know, introduced her into playback singing uh, and he had heard her voice. And uh, they were working on this movie called uh, Shaheed, a uh, producer, and uh, the producer was like, her voice is too thin while the heroine's voice is kind of, you know, more loud and flat and broad. And uh, Gulam Haider kind of was kind of, you know, he didn't like what the producer said. And he kind of took Latha back to the studio uh, and uh, made her sing these songs again. And she said, you will be singing the songs for the movie. Uh, come what may. And uh, Lata kept learning and singing and she had to kind of fend for the family also. So there was no other option for her. So all day she was singing and taking local trains and... Recording uh, going to the recording studio and she had to get down at a station and take a horse car Tanga as it was called back then and go to the studio and sing and uh, She sang for a lot of music writers at that time like, uh, you know, K Datta, Vasant Desai was still he had already come in, uh, Vasant Desai was to make some great iconic soundtracks later and uh, Datta Daojekar and uh, C Ramchandra see uh, Ramchandras made some really great songs uh, Anil Biswas in those early times really thought about the technique of singing How far you should stay away from the mic and stuff but one of the greatest mentors was kemchand Prakash who was also a mentor of Kishore Kumar and uh, it was him that uh, gave him gave Latha the great breakout song and that was for a horror movie of uh, starring Ashok Kumar and Madhubala called uh, called uh, Mahal or Palace and uh, the enduring image that remains in my mind of the song when I kind of recall uh, seeing it for the first time in the 80s and 90s when black and white movies used to air on that sole national channel that we had we were in the mercy of that single national channel and what they broadcast and uh, the image was of a woman uh, who's not clearly visible swinging uh, on a swing and uh, (laughs) And kind of singing this song and going on Lata and uh, Ashok Kumar kind of airily and really disturbingly looking at At this and wondering if this woman is a ghost or not So it's that kind of a thing you can see in the song I'll play it for you that uh, There's a old world style of singing that most singers used to practice back then But when she sings the main line, Aayega Aane wala." Uh, then Lata kind of comes to her own, and there's that's a new kind of singing that she has brought in a newness in it, and it's no wonder that over the next few years, uh, the other singers like Rajkumari, Noorjahan, Noorjahan had moved on to Pakistan uh, because of the partition. Shamshad Begum, Suraiya, all these singers kind of became obsolete because Lata Mangeshkar had brought in a new style of singing as such. You could, to be fair, I could hardly hardly see the KL Segal influence because I think she had to finally come to her own in the later years pretty soon. I think she was a fast learner as compared to Kishore Kumar and Mukesh, who could, you could see that KL Segal influence. But in Lata, I think she came to her own quite fast and she kept, you know, evolving pretty faster than all the singers of that time. This is a song, uh, the first one of the series in this episode called Seven Songs, Seven Decades, a musical celebration of Mangeshkar songs. And uh, Kemishan Prakash of course did the music, uh, Nakshab, Nakshab uh, did the lyrics and uh, Aayega Wala" I'll play for you. And uh, it's that haunting melody and Mangeshkar has, has had her share of ghost songs as such where she sung for the suspected ghost in the movie quite an achievement for a singer <laughs> in hindi films to have also so here's that one i think haunting melody which may sound partly outdated but also i think the composition do listen to it you can be your own judge so here's the first one in seven songs seven decades Lata Mangeshkar's best songs aane wala. from mahal 1949 Yep, uh, that was the first one that really brought Lata into into the limelight and uh, moving on what did Bade Gula Ali Khan, the great classical singer, say of Lata in the later years and uh, we'll know about that and more in the next section of this episode that I'm calling Seven Songs, Seven Decades, Lata Mangeshkar, A Musical Celebration. Catch you on the other side, you're listening to The Great Indian Soundtrack by Sneha Kumla. so those were the opening strains from a song that uh, the great hindustani classical singer bade Gulamali khan bade Gula Malik khan sang as uh, the voice of tansen for the movie the great uh, magnum opus mughal-e-azam which uh, featured salim and anarkali played by dilip kumar and madhubala and the great prithviraj kapoor as Ag- akbar and uh, this role has this scene has uh, kind of a kinky fetish of Salim playing with a feather uh, on Anarkali and uh, Bade Gulam Ali Khan as the voice of Tan Sen is heard in the background and he supposedly charged 25,000 for that song 25,000 rupees uh, because uh, usually singers at that time was were charging 500 rupees a song but uh, due to his non-insistence and stubbornness to not sing in films uh, the music director uh, Naushad had to literally coax him to sing for it and because K. Asif I, I guess was not leaving any stone unturned or any money unturned to make this magnum opus, they agreed to pay him 25,000 and it was Bade Ghulam Ali Khan who grudgingly almost uh, told of Lata Mangeshkar that uh, Kambakt kabhi besuri nahi that uh, damn this woman never goes out of tune and that was the reputation already that Lata had built up in the 1950s so moving back to the Lata Lata Mangeshka journey what I love about the initial and the early Indian Hindi movie directors is the originality and their realism and how they tackled uh, persistent social issues one of uh, of my most favorite directors of that time is uh, V. Shantaram who made this uh, movie I haven't uh, seen in many years Do Aankhain Barahat, which is two eyes and twelve hands and the story is kind of based on a prison reform uh, real life incident uh, I think somewhere in my city only uh, it seems the open prison experiment was kind of uh, initiated way back and Shantaram was influenced by that to play a jailer himself who kind of takes his most uh, most uh, dreadful and frightening prisoners f- uh, to an open space where they can work in the fields and uh, and probably he's hoping to reform them in the process. It's lovely cinematic stuff and uh, his uh, future wife, I believe, uh, Sandhya, uh, plays a very alluring uh, musician uh, in the movie. And this song that Lata has sung that features on uh, the second of our, in our list is uh, one of my most favorite that's why I've chosen it because it's very hard to choose a Lata Magishka song because she has sung especially the 50s 60s and 70s she has sung some amazing amazing songs that it's very hard to choose I choose because of the movie and how it has been rendered and why I love the song I love Bharat Vyasi's lyrics and the use of folk music and instruments by Vasan Desai the perfect tune of it and the playfulness of it is something else and Lata Magishka's voice modulation is just amazing and uh, and the woman is singing and do watch out for the visuals uh, when you catch the song on video it's very nicely done and it's beautifully done I believe they have a color version also because now it's easy to color a song because of uh, artificial intelligence and all do watch the black and white version to understand uh, what's happening there and uh, literally uh, the Sandhya that on whom the song is picturized uh, and uh, she lip-syncs it Song goes like My lover uh, is, uh, as I have discovered, is a bag full of lies. L I E S, lies. lies. <laughs> he has left me, he has turned his uh, face away. Basically, she is talking about this guy who has left her, who used to not tell the truth at all, and yet she is singing it in a very playful way. She's still hopeful in the song that he will come back and again win her, win her heart. So it's very playful and layered that way that she's talking about someone betraying her, but it's very joyful at the same time. So that's the greatness of the song. So here it is: Saya Jhuto Sartaj Nikla from Do Barahat, 1957, Vasant Desai, Bharat Vyas. Just a small trivia for you. While I was doing journalism class in 2000. Uh, one of our professors Samar Nakate who was there to teach I guess film and movies and culture to us he played a child artist in the movie so he features in the songs as one of Vishantaram's sons just a small trivia that I met one of the cast members of this movie here's the song it's one of my most favorite songs enough of this blabbling here is the song What a beautiful composition by this I ended. I also recommend the movie. I haven't seen it for a long time. Uh, but if you really are into movies and don't consider old movies as old movies, I think you should watch Do Aankhe Barahat. It's one of the best. Uh, I think cinematic movies I've seen out of India, out of my own country. So, on that note, let's move on to the next section of this episode that we are calling. 7 songs 7 decades lata mangeshkar a musical celebration catch you on the other side of the lake so that was only a strain from what the great music writers, the literal blue whales of the Hindi film music industry, Shankar Jaikishan achieved in the almost three decades of musical supremacy starting with Raj Kapoor and that was a strain from Shri Char Sobi's uh, pyar Hua ikrar Hua, Manna Day" and Lata Magishkar And uh, the song that I'm going to feature now from the third decade of Lata's singing career is a favorite because it's hard to pick a song But I'll give you a couple of honorable mentions from the 60s one was uh, this guitar based number Again a Shankar Jayakishan composition from Dil Apna Preet Paraya Again Starring Meena Kumari, Rajkumar And uh, Nadira And also featuring the famous uh, Shankar Jayakishan Chorus in it And also a very westernized guitar based approach I'll just play you a niff of the song Whiff of the song So that was just a whiff of a song and you already heard uh, the guitar strains. The famous Shankar Jaikishan Chorus Opera influenced Chorus and Lata going on that. And the next one is an uh, iconic song but I am not featuring it here in in full because the one I am going to feature I think is. I can't can't help sharing that but here's that iconic one which featured Sadhana the actor Sadhana in a sleeveless black sari and Manoj Kumar kind of brooding over that because I think think he probably thinks she's a ghost or something because this was a supernatural thriller called Vogue on Thief from the 1960s and you know the song, I'll just play a whiff of it. I think it's one of the most difficult songs to sing for any female singer. I think uh, Asha Bosley mentioned uh, later that uh, because of Lata's uh, hold on her breath, she was able to hold her breath for a longer time. She was able to sing those high notes without any strain and stuff. And I'll just play you the whiff of a song. It's an iconic song. Hi.
1: Baby,
0: That song only gets better the more I listen to it, and that's just the start of it. The antara or the middle portions, the paragraphs as we call it, and the mukhda as the main paragraph that you just heard, it just gets better after that. It's Shankar Jaikishan were something else, magicians, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ajeeb Dasta hai ye Shankar Jaikishan, but wo thi was by the very underrated Madan Mohan. Madan Mohan is so underrated that after 30 years or 40 years after his death his son brought a song bank of some of the songs here tunes he had hummed and uh, Chopra used those tunes for the songs of Veer Zara and bought a album that became and that just showed how good Madan Mohan was and he was unfairly kind of talked about as a a music director who only gave Latam Ishkar great songs and nothing else but there's a lot that he made during his time and we'll talk about that in the, end of the episode. But uh, Ajib, uh, the song you just heard, "Lagja Gale," was also Madan Mohan. So consider the greatness of that music composer. But uh, those were just, uh, you know, kind of uh, honourable mentions. Although they, those are great songs. But the song number two on this list that I want to feature in seven songs, seven decades, and the one from 1963 is. Uh, a complex love song i think and i'll just play it for you it is starts on the sitar and then it goes on to go a very great rhythmic percussion on the tabla and hasrat jaipuri has written the song he was one of the front runners with when raj kapoor set up rk studios and along with shailendra and shankar Jaikishan has done, have done the music and it's kind of a loud triangle in the movie and uh, i think i'll play you the song first because it's one of my most favorite uh, i think most complex layered most deeply insightful songs about love the whole vulner- vulnerability and contrast and contradictions of love are all kind of embroiled in this song so i want to play that for you first so here is hum tere pyar mein sara alam kho from dil ek mandir hazar jebri lyrics shankar jaikishan music you are listening to the Great Indian Soundtrack by Snehit Kumla. Here is the song.
1: Hum tere pyar mein sara alam Hubei thihi Hubei जल से बलंगे चल मन अपना
0: one of the greatest love songs ever created in Hindi film music. Uh, why I say this? Uh, just listen me out. So basically the lyrics of the first paragraph, uh, I really love it. Uh, the rest of the song is also good, but I think the first paragraph kind of brings it home. I think great lyrics by Hasrat Jaipuri in kind of uh, kind of venting out the predic- predicament of this woman. And uh, she's saying that, uh, Panchi se chhodakar, uska ghar, tum apne ghar par and uh you first kind of you know uh extracted this bird from her home and then you brought her to your home and uh, then this particular uh, cage that you built for me uh i started to fall in love with it and i st- started to smile a lot and then when i kind of fell in love with the cage you are saying that now you are free and uh Just you know, just go out and be free. So now how can I forget your love and uh, How can you say this to me and? uh, Where is anyone like you in this world and uh, Now I am totally yours. So Why do you say why do you say that I should forget a love like this? So that's the whole contrast of love that it's also a cage and it's also freedom But now that the cage is open, you're you're so used to the whole, you know, uh, restrictions of the cage that you are hesitating to step out and the cage of love is such that now you can't step out and your lover lover is saying, I set you free, but now you can't because you are in love with that guy. That's a contradiction that really, I think, brings some kind of layering into the song and the perfect rendition and the sitar and the percussion take it to another level altogether but I think the lyrics of it really 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 kill the song as such really lift the song to another level and the layering of it so that was my take so (laughs) you can be your own judge and uh, on that note moving on to Lata Mangeshkar, seven songs seven decades a musical celebration more coming up on the other side you're listening to the great Indian soundtrack by Sneet Kumla So just to recap, the 1960s for Lata Mangeshkar, her dominance continued. Continued, but uh, two things happened. One, she kind of fought with uh, Mohammad Rafi on the uh, matter of royalties. So somewhere in the start of 1960 uh, what happened was the whole issue of royalty payments for the songs sung by the singers came into the focus and Lata said you know she wanted to be play, paid royalty by the producers on the songs and she expected Rafi to support her but Rafi took a different stand. He said that you know when a producer pays a fee or uh, that song, a singer demands then singer should not sh- uh, kind of uh, ask for ro- royalty also. So what led was uh, finally happened was uh, for two three years both Lata and Rafi didn't sing together, and finally uh, after two three years the music director uh, Jai Kishan of Shankar Jai Kishan finally brought, kind of reconciled them and uh, made them sing this song call, from a film called Palko Ki Chhaume. and and uh, that's and that's that the royalty issue kind of kind of <laughs> finished. It's talked about still uh, there was something that Lata said about uh, Rafi supporting the royalty thing later on she talked about it and Rafi's uh, family said she, uh, surprised that Latha has said that because Rafi is no longer there to you know kind of confirm that he supported the royalty thing. So the, the whole thing was kind of uh, later on it was kind of brought up by uh, journalists as something that happened way back then. The second uh, dramatic thing that happened with Lata in the 1960s was uh, she fell ill for about three months, and she thought she would never be able to, you know, uh, sing again. It seems uh, a servant that she had hired to make the food uh, had kind of, you know, uh, was slowly poisoning her, and uh, the doctor said that she was being slowly poisoned, and the servant kind of uh, left the home without telling anyone. And uh, it was the great lyricist uh, Bajru Sultanpuri who kind of uh, came and sat by her on those during those three months and recited poetry and stories to her to get uh, Lata through th- those tough days. So that was one of the highlights of the 1960s that happened. Uh, and uh, Lata never found out who was behind this poisoning. So it remains one of the greatest uh, mysteries of the Hindi film industry soundtrack uh, history and stories that who poisoned Lata Mangeshkar. We will never know, I guess. Rishikesh Mukherjee was a director of uh, very feel-good movies, but movies that basically, he basically reaffirmed uh, our faith in human kindness and human goodness. Especially during the 60s and 70s, he was at his peak as a director. In, uh, Anand, if you're not watched yet, do watch it. And uh, Goody is another movie, Chupke Chupke from 1975 which I think really features the best of Dharmendra, uh a really surprising uh, well acted role by Dharmender in a comic uh, in a comic uh, drama the very famous uh, Golmaal featuring Amol Palikar and a brilliant Utpal uh, Dutt also in the early 70s Bawarchi which is another Rajeshkanna, Jayabhaduri then Jayabhaduri later Jayabachan starrer and a very good movie very trademark rishkesh mukherjee movie bawarchi do watch it sometime because uh, anand is what i consider to be his greatest uh, directorial but uh, there's another gem that uh, is kind of overlooked i haven't seen it in a long time it's a musical uh, hit abhiman or uh, abhiman means pride basically it's a story of uh, two singers uh, the man uh, Played the male singer played by uh, Amta Bachan, Subir. And he meets Uma, who Jaya Badri plays. And uh, basically they marry and uh, it turns out that uh, Uma is more talented than Subir and uh, her rising fame kind of acts as poison to uh, Subir's pride and it affects their marriage. And the song is at that pivotal moment in the film when... Uh, You know, Subir is getting really affected by this fame that Oma is gaining and it's uh, really bringing down their relationship. But in the song, in contrast, uh, Oma is singing this song called uh, Now All of My Happiness Depends On You and I'm uh, kind of devoted to you and stuff. And it it has very beautiful uh, guitar riffs in it and beautiful percussion. And it's very classic uh, S.D. Berman. I think it's one of those last S.D. Berman uh, great soundtracks before he passed away in uh, the same uh, in 1975 at the age of 69 and then R.D. Berman kind of continued in his in his wake and did more experimental stuff but I think S.D. Berman was great in minimalism and the whole tune thing and folk music uh, very strongly grounded in folk music so he was a legend of his own right so this one is uh, from that movie and uh do catch the movie it's not a very uh perfectly made movie but it's very from the heart movie and i think uh, amtab and jaya put in some very uh strong sincere performances and asrani and david and bindu durga kote and uh, ak hangal and master raju and everyone i think they They uh, provide a good supporting cast and uh, despite the lack of technical acumen and stuff I think many of the 70s movies in Hindi film uh, made in Eastman color and stuff were very heartfelt and sincere and one of the last of the that's the last decade of the golden age of Hindi cinema I would say. And uh, this is the song that uh, the whole album, uh, I thought uh, Lata Mangeshkar had attained an, another level of singing. Probably she realized she, uh, the character was playing a singer who was better than her, the other singers and stuff. So she, I think that played her on her mind and she raised her singing to another level in these songs and uh, it really features uh, if as if Lata M- Mangeshkar couldn't get any better in Abhiman she sounds at another level altogether and I'll play you that song so song number 4 from Lata Mangeshkar 7 songs 7 decades it is Ab To Hai tumse har Apni here we go
1: What's the heck?
0: So that was the great Majru Sultanpuri who we mentioned in that poisoning story that happened with Lata and uh, the poisoning episode and how Majru was beside her side for those 3 months and in 1973 he wrote these lyrics uh, for Abhiman and also I loved how the flute had been sparingly but effectively used and how the guitar builds up the anticipation and the rising tension between the two characters in the movie so it's classic as SD Burman and Lata is at her height here and uh, on that note moving on to more of the Lata Mangishkar journey through the all the decades that she has sung we have covered the 40s 50s 60s 70s and now we move on to more the more la- latter part the 80s. So keep listening to the great Indian soundtrack. We are doing Lata Mangeshkar. Seven songs, seven decades. The musical, a musical celebration. Catch you on the other side of the lake. So, such an epic, uh, it's of epic proportions this journey of Lata Mangeshkar as a singer that we almost uh, done an hour of featuring only four songs of the seven songs that I promised. Uh, so, this is the end of part one of Lata Mangeshkar seven songs, seven decades, a musical celebration. Catch you on next week with, uh, or sooner or later, I'll be doing this second episode on Lata Mangeshkar. Seven songs, seven decades, musical celebration part two. But this is the end of part one. Thank you for keeping up with me, and uh, I hope you loved listening to the songs. And all the copyright uh, and the music ownership of the songs belong to HMV, formerly known as HMV, now known as Saregama. Because uh, right up to the early, uh, late 70s, also, I think there were no other music companies, uh, it was mostly HMV doing all the all the audio cassettes and the lps uh, for hindi film songs especially until polydor and other sony and other music companies started coming in in the 80s i think even t-series came in the 80s uh, and uh, lately nowadays it's t-series dominating the scene but uh, back then for most of those hindi film songs it was hmb uh, and uh, and the stereo sound came into hindi film music at that time officially it seems it was in 1978 that finally stereophonic sound uh, and technology came into India, although Shole was a stereophonic sound uh, movie, first stereophonic sound 70mm movie that was screened in theatres in 1975 but uh, if you listen to the soundtracks of uh, Khan Parallel's uh, whole whole uh, curse soundtrack of 1980 there's a very uh, improved uh, sound level and it's one of their it really highlights the instruments and the vocals and everything uh, and that particular album i really love to listen because of the stereophonic sound in it uh, curse the 1980 album probably one of uh, lp that is Lakshmikan pyarelal's finest and uh, on that note we come to a kind of midway to the lata mangeshkar journey and uh, this is the end of part one. Lata Mangeshkar, seven songs, seven decades in musical celebration. Until the next time, until part two, thank you for listening. And uh, this is the great Indian soundtrack by Sneet Kumla. Goodbye and have a great weekend. And uh, so long, Lata. Lata Mangeshkar will be forever in our hearts because the huge number of songs that she has sung and the mastery that she has achieved in them they'll just keep coming back to us and keep reminding singers that what exactly is the gold standard for playback singing and how should a playback song be sung so until next time goodbye and have a great life and have a great weekend people goodbye for and actually the last goodbye right now here (laughs) bye